This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Uh, well, a very Merry Christmas from, uh, from me and the whole pastoral team. It's wonderful to have you um, with us this morning. Um, if you're someone that always worships here, how good is it to gather together and celebrate Jesus together? Uh, and if you're someone who's visiting with us, it's so great to have you here because we love, love sharing about this good news. Well, I have celebrated many, many, many Christmases in church now, and you can probably work out the reason for that. And yet one of the things that shock me, or or shock me afresh uh, every year, even as a pastor, is just how short the account of Jesus' birth is in our Bibles. Anybody else get that? And it makes sense, doesn't it? The gospel writers are far more concerned about sharing all that Jesus did and he taught and his life and his death and his resurrection. But even so, every year as I open up my Bibles and have a look, I'm like, wow, this really is a succinct story. There is absolutely no fat on this story. No embellishments, no unnecessary details. I mean, in Luke's account, it's literally 20 verses from census to angel, I mean, to shepherds rejoicing after visiting Jesus' birth. And so given that it's such a short and succinct couple of verses in our Bibles, and given that Luke is such a deliberate and detailed historian, it should actually make us sit up and pay attention that he records a detail three separate times in these short 20 verses. And that detail is Jesus' first bed, that Jesus was born wrapped in cloths and was laid in a manger. This detail about Jesus lying in a manger is recorded three times. And if that's not enough to grab our attention, this is the very same thing that the angels declare to the shepherds is a sign that the Saviour truly has come that God really has come amongst his people. This will be a sign to you. You will find him in a manger. Now, mangers were just these very convenient places where you could put feed for your animals. Uh, You would often have it next to the structure that you lived in or um, in kind of first century um, Palestine and Judea. I mean, you'd live in the top layer and some animals would, would live underneath. Could be made out of wood or perhaps more likely out of stone. Uh, 2,000 years later, as we dig up uh, and find archaeology evidence, I mean, most of the mangers that we found, understandably, are actually made out of stone. And when you look at those, you kind of think to yourself, oh, that's actually a perfect size for a human baby, isn't it? Not its intended purpose, but very much something that you could imagine being repurposed if the need was that great. So what is it about this manger that Luke, and God through Luke, is trying to draw our attention to? Well, in the words of the angels, it is a sign. Now, I'm sure Christmas evokes all manner of memories for you, does it? How many of them are good? How many of them are bad? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, Well, they do, don't they? You remember your best Christmases, you remember your family, you remember your best presents, you remember the funniest interactions that you've seen, the earliest start you've had with kids. Well, every Christmas, one of the memories that's evoked for me is the memory of the first time, and to date, the only time, that I lost a demerit point. Double demerits at that, too. 
Yeah, didn't ask me that question in the search process, did you? Right? Uh, but it was, it was just a couple of days before Christmas, and um, as part of the church I was at, we, we were giving out gifts and um, these hampers to people who were in need, who had contacted the church. And so I had this name, I, I had this address, uh, but it was so far outside of my normal kind of pattern of driving, I didn't really know where it was. And so I found myself suburbs over from where I normally drive. And I'm driving around and uh, the signs aren't making sense, Google Maps isn't on, you know. You know those streets that are actually like interrupted? It's like the same street, but you can't go from one end to the other end. So it's one of those, and it's this big townhouse complex, and townhouse complexes, you've always got to find that slash number, trying to work out where that slash number is, and so walking around trying to work out, am I even in the right complex? And then the, oh man, the numbering system's all whack in this particular context, and I'm knocking on doors, have you seen where so-and-so lives? Do you know where such and such an address is? And I just could not, for the life of me, find this person to deliver this gift to. And so I'm flustered, I'm stressed because it's nearly Christmas and I've got so much to do, it's December in Sydney, so I'm hot and I'm sweaty and I'm driving back and I see an orange arrow and I'm like, I ain't waiting around today. And then, boosh, red light camera. But it's frustrating, isn't it, when you can't find what you're looking for. Even though that person and that address was definitely there, I was having a hard time finding them. And I think for for some of us, maybe, we have this picture in our mind or this sense that, that God is like that, that he's hard to find, that you need to really search him out, that you need to ask all these different questions and be in the right place at the right time or he's not there and you can't find him. But the manger reminds us of a God who comes near, a God who is findable, a God who is locatable. Uh, And not just when we take the initiative, but the manger is a sign to us that God has taken the initiative to come to us. This will be a sign to you. You will find him, says the angels to the shepherds. You will be able to find him. You will see him. He's not being born in obscurity, surrounded by angels in heaven. He's not being born in the comforts and the confines of a palace surrounded by guards. He's not even in like an intimate family gathering where it would be inappropriate for shepherds to come and find him. He is born and he lied in a manger, findable, accessible. And I really did mean what I said um, to the kids earlier, that I think most of us throughout our lives will continue to have signs after signs after signs, pointing us, prompting us, directing us, to Jesus, because he is a God who wants to be found. One of my other favourite holiday memories is of going uh, on a a hike with some friends. Uh, Now, this may come as a great shock to many of you, but I'm not a big uh, hiker, uh, and so I don't have all the fancy name brand uh, clothes to wear when hiking uh, in the woods and and going for a walk in the wilderness. And so I put on, knowing it was going to be hot and knowing it was going to be sweaty, I find the T-shirt and the shorts that are effectively my gardening outfit, right? So I get my gardening outfit on, or close as to that, um, and I saddle up with these other people, and we go on this amazing bushwalk. And of course, as you do in summer in Australia when you're out bushwalking, do you know what you do? You sweat. 
you sweat, and you get smelly. Well, maybe you don't. You will look very lovely and polite, uh, but I sweat. Uh, and so we're walking along for like you know, two hours uh, where we've stepped in mud or, or animal things. You know, that's on our feet. Where it's been dry, dust has kind of kicked up all over us. Uh, there are sweat patches uh, all over my top. My hair is all matted to, m- to my uh, top of my head. There's some smells coming from my underarms suggesting that a shower is in my future. Uh, and we finally come down to this beautiful, beautiful, kind of river, and it's a deep berth river, so where those like really nice boats can get into. And right there, there's this marina and the most lovely cafe and restaurant you've ever seen, you know, with the pressed white linen and the, the glass that just somehow, they, they look clearer, those glasses on the table, I don't know how they make them. Uh, and everybody in there, of course, had not just come off from a hike, but they were well-dressed and the restaurant was their destination. In fact, most of them had stepped off their very nice boats and headed into the restaurant wearing watches worth more than my car and things like that. And so here is a group of us in our gardening clothes or our hiking equipment, um, sweaty, smelly, at the end of a long walk, and we just look in through the doors, and what do you think we think to ourselves? Oh, we don't belong in there. (laughs) We're not presentable enough. We're not clean enough. We're not well-heeled enough. Clearly, we came by foot when we should have come by boat. We don't even have the right transport to even go in through those doors. And so we found a takeaway hole in the wall and got our coffees there instead. And yet again, I think for some of us, we can think, well, maybe God is like this. Even if I could find him, I would feel "Mm, that I don't really belong in his presence, uh, that I'm not presentable enough, not clean enough. I haven't sorted my life out enough yet to go in and to be with him. But the manger is not only a sign, it's a symbol. Uh, It's a symbol that Jesus is accessible by all. The angels directed the shepherds, and the shepherds would have turned up, looked at a manger, and have no mistake about what its intended purpose was. It's a common household item. If it was made out of wood, it would have been made hastily and quickly, and there would have been splinters, and they didn't need to worry about that because they were just going to chuck a bunch of feed in there for their animals. If it was carved out of stone, there would have been stone chips, and they wouldn't have worried about it because they would have thrown feed in there for animals. And this baby Jesus lying in here, as cleaned up as it probably would have been, still says to the world, you are welcome here. That this place is accessible. It's not too good. It's not too ritzy. It's not too fancy for you to come and be and to find the Messiah, the God who saves. The shepherds come straight off a night shift out in the fields without going home to scrub up. My friends, you and I are welcome in the presence of God, and he invites us to find him. He invites us to know him. And in fact, he takes the first steps towards us. So the manger is a sign, and the manger is a symbol that God is findable and accessible by all. And lastly, don't you think it's a little bit too coincidental that the first bed that Jesus lies in is a place where God's creatures come to feed. 
A place where God's creatures, when they're hungry, are driven to. A place where God's creatures can find sustenance and strength and life. And that this manger is located in a town called Bethlehem, which literally means house of bread. That is a literal translation of the city Bethlehem, the name Bethlehem. And that this baby who's laid in this manger would grow up one day to multiply loaves and fishes and feed a hungry crowd and use that opportunity to reveal that he is the true bread of life, the one that everyone can come to and find strength and nourishment and life, life in his name. So it also is a foreshadow, I think, and a metaphor that you and I, we can come, well, not just to the manger, uh, but to the baby of the manger, and we can find the deepest satisfaction of our soul's craving and our desires, those desires and those cravings that God placed deep inside the human heart, knowing that it would drive us towards the God who saves, Jesus, Emmanuel, the one who is with us. So I pray that's a blessing to you this morning. I pray that simple detail, repeated three times, drawn attention to by the angels, will help us understand that Jesus is not just a tradition, he's not just a kid's story that we love telling at Christmas time, he's not something that we should just get so overly familiar with as we continue to celebrate Christmas, right, year round, year round, year round, but I pray that it would drive us to see all of the signs in our lives that point us, that draw us, that direct us to him. And that there would be no barrier as we approach him, knowing that he is the God who has come to us, who is accessible and invites us to come as we are. And so we come knowing that in him we can find freedom and forgiveness, joy, peace, reconciled relationship with God, all of those things that we hunger for, we can feed on him. So bless you in the mighty name of this Jesus who saves this Christmas and always. If you'd love to explore more about who Jesus is, uh, myself and the rest of the pastors, man, we'd love to have that conversation with you. But we actually reckon the best way to start exploring is to find someone that you already know and that you already trust uh, who loves and follows Jesus and just ask them about it. Or pick up where we've left off today. We've been in Luke chapter 2. It's in your Bibles. You can read them free online. Um, just start reading. Who is this boy, the God who saves, the God who comes to us laying in a manger? This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.